1: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, and as always, one my two favorite co-hosts of all time, Huel Jinkley and Theo Ash. I mean, Matt Hour and Theo Ash. We have, a great, we have a great episode planned for you all today. We're going to, of course, recap Game 5 of the NBA Finals. We have a few pretty interesting NFL storylines to talk about. Um, Mika Fitzpatrick got paid. We'll touch on that. Appar- there was a rumor... Of an offer from the Miami Dolphins to Sean Payton, which would make him an insane like a hundred million dollars, something crazy. So we have we have a lot to talk about in the NFL, and then we're gonna do another Ranked segment. And I don't know if I'll spill the. I'll just say we're gonna do chip flavors today. So that'll be that'll be fun. You know, I like chips. I think Theo likes chips. I think Matt likes chips. So that should be fun. But before we get into that, Matthew, how are you guys doing today?
2: Matt Theo, Theo just sounds like you just said Matthew. I thought you were just <laughs> Matt Theo. Uh,
1: yeah, Theo, you are fired. I don't know if you got the memo, but
2: I'm good. I'm on vacation as I so often am nowadays, I guess. <laughs> um, but I am up here in Crescent Beach in Northern California. Uh, I've been getting a lot of sun, as you can see from my skin tone right now. I don't know why I'm so washed out. Can you (laughs) not
1: focus your camera?
2: I can if I put my hand in front of me like that. But I'm not going to do that the whole episode. So you're just going to get ghostly white Theo today. My chip flavors. (laughs) Never mind, I'm not going to say it. I had lemon ice cream the other day, Blade. Yesterday I found Uh, lemon uh, ice cream and I uh, ate it. And I must say, I thought it lived up to the hype. I thought it was quite re- refreshing. I thought it was a refreshing little snack, um, citrusy and and cold on a on a hot day. It's it's like lemonade, you know. I thought it was I thought it was quite refreshing. I thought you know Bladen might be onto something here. I don't know if I'd I'd rank it in my top three ice creams, but you know that meme. I've said this. I've been on record before. Is I think your greatest sin in that ice cream <laughs> ranking was having peanut butter ice cream. Number two, not lemon I'm ice great. cream. Number three. And that's the one that really stood out to me as being <laughs> the one that you should be like, that should go down as a bad take considering peanut butter ice cream doesn't even exist. And, uh, anyway, but I did think the lemon <laughs> ice cream was refreshing. So I got to give you credit there. I, I, w- I wouldn't have gotten it if it wasn't to, for you to
1: all, to, to everyone on Twitter, and in the chalkboard that is giving me shit for lemon ice cream, what now? What, what now? now? Yeah, has the Theo Ash uh, passed Co- the Theo Ash vibe check? It did. It did. <laughs> Matt, how are you doing?
3: I'm good. I uh, I'm ready a little bit for war here, as Theo war? told me before the <laughs> podcast that he's going to maybe. He said he's oh, going to hype no. up. I, yeah, <laughs> I already know. I said, to "quote I'm gonna I'm gonna
2: dick ride Steph Curry." <laughs> Oh, oh well, Matt, and he after a bad game,
3: it just doesn't make sense to me.
2: Well, that's what I realized is Curry can't have bad games.
3: <laughs> that's not true. Okay, this, well, this is here's 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 actually here's my problem with this, because I know what the argument is, is that his off ball is so good that even when the shots don't go in for him, he's great. It's which this, is right. I think that's or true. like the threat <laughs> of him is still good, even when the shots don't go in or like how like defenses have to adjust to him. But that's true for every great player. I think it's especially true for him. And, and and it's especially true for him, but the gap is like way overstated. You would never consider saying this like, oh, well, he didn't shoot well, but he drew a lot of defensive attention. That Steph Curry is the only player who will ever get that.
1: Not even LeBron. I don't, I don't even know if LeBron gets that kind of like narrative.
2: Uh, all I know is this. Curry went 0 for 9 in the last finals game, right? And and it was really a poor performance from a lot of the Warriors outside, Andrew. I think Klay Thompson was the only one to hit a 3 or some stat like that in that whole game, and they still won. And with Curry on the court, despite his bad shooting, the Warriors' offensive rating was like 117. And with him off the court, albeit in just a couple minutes, 10 minutes or so, it was like 67 or something ridiculously low by like that. And just like, because Curry also, and the difference between him and someone like LeBron or someone like even KD is just how active off ball he is and just how far out his range extends that you have to account for him, which where I, I think like when you say his, his gravity or whatever, I think it is especially so um, with him. I think that it's especially true with him where he can really, really dictate things, whether the threes are falling or not, just by being out there, you know, I, I don't think that like, yes, Curry can have a bad game. He just had like a, he, he would himself say like, yes, I just had a bad game. Of course I had a bad game, but like, yeah, what just, just him being out there, what, what it unlocks is, super impressive and i i I just think it even with him because of his range and because of how prolific he is off ball and because of all of that he it is especially true for him and you look at this Warriors series right and i think it just kind of puts a stamp on this era of dominance for them where you know clay is out of his prime draymond's out of his prime curry is still really good but you wouldn't even say that he's in his prime and you look at what they're doing, and you would say no one's even having a good series for them, right? You're like, pool is Draymond bad series, pool bad series. Curry's been up and down, you know, really bad last game. Clay, you know, should Clay and Draymond even be out there? Those those have been the narratives that have dominated this, way. and they're still up on a team that beat Eric Spolstra's one seeded Heat, on a team that beat Giannis, on a team that sw- swept KD on the Nets. No one on the Warriors is even having a good series, like a great series by the standards of, like, NBA Twitter, and they're still up on this Celtics team, and I, I don't know. I just think it's super impressive what what they're doing, and I, I think they're going to close it out here pretty soon. Just like I said during the NBA Live a, a while ago was, yeah, I think the, the Celtics might get off to kind of a hot start. You know, they went up 2-1, and then Warriors would figure them out. I think that's what's been going on. So that's all I want to say about Curry is, like, Yes, Warriors fans maybe hype up his gravity a little bit too much if he's getting compared to like, oh, it's just him and MJ now, like that viral tweet the other day said. That's a little bit too much. But I, I do think his his gravity and and being accounting for him even when he doesn't have the ball or when he's not hitting his shots is a little bit more severe than, than a lot of the other NBA players.
3: I think that like, I don't know. What bothers me about the Curry stuff is that that really is true for like and it is particularly true for Steph Curry i will not deny that Steph Curry's off ball gravity is better than anybody's but you will never that doesn't mean but this is something that it's, it's just never brought up with any other player like and if, if for any other reason for instance if Draymond Green shoots poorly it no one no one's going to be like but he he's still important defense like he will never get that true that's excuse. fair like uh, that wasn't even considered oh he's not scoring enough it's every every other player in the nba has to do it in the box score they can't go out and shoot poorly and 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 get the and get a pass like that yeah. um and i think curry has had a really good series though like you see people trolling and being like oh is wiggins going to get right and yeah no. and i don't even he's, think he's not he's not the, he's no, not the most valuable not, player he's not obviously he's not um but uh, so unless curry would have to play like this for two more games and Wiggins would have to drop like 40 twice and have them win. Insane. Or they lose. Like that would be. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, obviously yeah, if they lose, then Curry wouldn't get it. Um, but I also think that like, that's a good point about, it doesn't feel like many of the warriors are having a good series. Who would you say is overall? Like for the self, that's true. Rob Williams. I th- <laughs> Right. Like, yeah, it it, it feels like, Maybe maybe that just goes to to show NBA Twitter standards are ridiculous. Yeah, it is, and it's against the best two of the best defenses in
2: basketball, right? Draymond and the Warriors are a great defense. Um, Celtics have a great defense, right? And this is true for every right. sport. You don't put up great numbers against great players usually. You just don't. Elite edge rushers don't go for their five sack games against David Bakhtiari or Joe Thomas or Trent or Williams. Trent Williams. They, it just doesn't happen. You know, if you're looking and looking for the guys who just routinely dominate great opponents, you're not going to find them really unless they're Darrell Revis in the year 2009, right? So, <laughs> you know, the p- good players, great players almost always put up their biggest games against dog shit players. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And it I just mean... and people expect it unless they're like LeBron in 2018 or something like that it it just doesn't happen all the time it's like rare rare greatness to watch just a totally dominant finals performance and these are two kind of like notably good defenses so yeah i i think you're right matt where it's like
1: and 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 then you look at like well it's like oh well the warriors aren't really having a particularly great series but the reason that they're up is because I think of the way they've been able to handle the Celtics' defense, as opposed to, like the Celtics. I don't think have been able to handle like the the Warriors' defense really at all. I mean, I, I watch like I feel like the Celtics try and score way too quickly into the shot clock. Sometimes they they don't like Tatum tries to move the ball, but Curry just moves. It's uh, it comes naturally to guys like Curry and Clay and Draymond to get the ball around, and it just doesn't for the Celtics. And it that, like, comes uh, that's very apparent when when you're watching them against a really good defense.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of inexplicable with the Celtics how much their offense can just fall apart. Uh, and I know the, the Warriors are a good defense. I don't want to take away from them, but, um, I mean, the fourth quarter was a disaster. There's some games where they come out and they just – aren't going to protect the ball and they're going to turn it over in as many dumb ways as possible. And, um, you know, Draymond Green, we've said, this is, it's the same thing we've said, you know, playmaking doesn't come natural to them. It leads to dumb turnovers. Draymond Green said before the series started that, well, I guess he said that about the Warriors protecting the ball, but the Celtics aren't protecting the ball a lot of times they struggle to move it and it leads to bad shots. They're very talented players, but that type of offense is going to be inconsistent and it has been. And now their backs are against the wall, they got to win through straight. Yeah, it just seems it just seems very stagnant. Like um like it's like they
2: like a mandate came down like you guys need to be better playmakers. And they did. They be, did become v- better playmakers. But again, that kind of natural flow is gone. Like they're they're s- stopping their feet and looking for the best matchup possible. And then, like getting it over there, and once they've got it, then starting their offense. And it's like just, just go right. Like you know, just go. Stop stopping and just trying to pick out the perfect thing all the time. Um, I I think that that's what they're. I think they just need a better flow. The Warriors have kind of a flow. Um, I don't think the Celtics do, and I I think that's kind of the difference. And um, you know, shout out Steve Kerr. You know, he's he's more than just he's more than just the talent on his roster. All right, he's not this
3: bomb. This is, th- this is the thing about the NBA. It's pretty hard to like be considered an all time great coach without winning championships, and it's really hard to win championships without having all time great players. And they get all the credit. So like every single all time great coach gets the, hey, maybe this guy is just made by having all these great players. Uh Phil Jackson hears it, and Kerr hears it too. Um, but yeah, he is a very good coach. And I feel like a lot of times he doesn't get his flowers.
1: Yeah. I mean, sometimes the Celtics just look like a pickup team and it's, it's just like a bunch of individuals out there. I don't know. That's, that's like a, <laughs> that sounds like a very like old head thing to say is like, you, you guys don't play like a team, just a bunch of individuals. You do I don't know. It just sounds like something I would hear like on, on a high school sports team, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's how I feel like, they, it's like you run up the court. And it's like, all right, I'm going to try and score. Oh, I can't score. What do I do with the ball? uh So I don't know. it's But the Warriors are like, they just know where everyone is on the
3: court. I had time. one more thing to say about Golden State and how dominant they've been. I do agree. Um, but I think what really impresses me about them is their, their drafting and their player development. Uh, I think that's what's kept them so great. Obviously, you know, having Steph Curry, you need that all-time player. But uh, Gary Payton played for like, 20 different NBA teams. Um, Jordan Poole was – where was he pick? He was picked late first. 28th, 29th. Season. And guys there are, was a
2: viral clip from when he got picked of, like, the draft analysts being like, I cannot believe they reached on him and took him in the first round at all. And he was, like, the 29th pick.
3: I mean, you see Andrew Wiggins – right, yeah. You see Andrew Wiggins is playing his best basketball – and I know it hasn't turned out yet, but I feel really good about, like, Kaminga and Moses Moody. Um, being able to retool like that, they're willing to spend the money to keep their guys. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that. This was a checkbook win. Did you guys see that?
2: I did see. Who was that? Was that Win? Take? That no, wasn't Windhorse, Horse, was it? No. It was? it was? Yes. Okay. It was.
3: <laughs> I actually don't think, like, here's, I don't think he's totally off base with that take. There is some truth to like, it, you know how in baseball, the Yankees and the A's aren't playing like the same game, like totally different team building games to a lesser extent. That's true in the NBA, the Lakers and the Hornets are not playing the same game. And I understand the frust- I like I get it a little bit because like a small market team might not be able to be in the luxury tax for as long as Golden State has been. So like, I guess maybe that's where that came from. But that, I think that's true for a lot of teams. Um and most championship teams are going to be weighing the luxury tax, so I do think it's bogus. But there is some truth to you know the Warriors being able to spend a lot of money, and maybe it's harder for smaller. I have a question teams. for you then. With mm-hmm. Curry being how old is he? Thirty one.
2: Draymond thirty two. He's thirty three. Oh yeah, he's thirty three. Draymond's thirty two. play has had these injuries, and he's got to be in his thirties as well. How many more years mm-hmm. do you think the the Warriors title window? is open. Do you think this is their last chance next year being their last chance? Have you given that any thought at all?
3: And this, this is what's crazy about them. I mean, i really teams are, you know, you kind of have to build up to being a championship team and then your moment comes and you got to get it when, when it's open, the warriors don't work that way because of how well they draft. That's what keeps them. So like, that's what, when a team beats expectations long-term, like that's because they're drafting well and they're doing that. I'd say that they're, Gonna have a big problem when either Draymond Green is not an amazing defender or Steph Curry loses it. Those are when when those are the those are the two dudes where you can draft really well and you still might not get another Curry. You might not get another Draymond. You um, might not get another Curry, right? <laughs> you won't get another. Yeah, Curry. it's like Draymond. I could see getting you won't
2: get another Curry. Maybe with like coaching, maybe, but I don't know if I'd I. I think.
3: On it. You can have a good. It'll it'll be a lot easier to have a great uh, defense without Draymond Green, but I think getting a defender like Green is going to be pretty rare. He's very high all time, I think, defensively. Um, but I, I think that I think that Curry Curry projects to be good for a long time. He does, yeah. absolutely. Um, I mean, he's playing he's playing nuts, um, and you know, he's aged fine I mean he's not who he was in 2016 maybe but uh, his play style just uh, you know bodes well for that type of stuff Draymond Green I'm not really sure I don't know what to think of how much longer he's got but once one of those two guys are done you need like Jordan Poole to really like be consistent or you need like Kaminga to maybe be that guy because his ceiling's really high so we'll see but I'd say for the next two years I'd be pretty surprised if they aren't in the same conversation yeah and I think that this changed changed the warriors forever like this run
2: changed the warriors forever and ever just because like they're now one of the league's great franchises which they never were before this and they're in california and they've got the owner willing to go into the luxury chat tax and like you know after kobe left you know how long did it take for the for the lakers to win a title again like 10 years or so you know eight nine ten years And that might feel like a long time if you're a Lakers fan. But if you're a Hornets fan or if you're a Suns fan, I mean, you can deal with a 10-year window, right? Right. And then they attracted a LeBron James, right? If you're Golden State from this point on, I think you're one of the league's gold standard franchises. You're in the Bay. Mm -hmm. And it's just that window Mm -hmm. is never really going to close, just like it never really closes for Boston and it never really closes for goal, for for the Lakers, right? Like it's just not that those teams are always good or they're always going to win the. But you just know that they're going to get back on top again because they're Boston and they're the Lakers and they're what other teams are like this. There's there's more. Um, sorry, Spurs, I guess.
1: It's it's just the, it's just the level of prestige. It's a, it's a certain level of prestige, and in the NFL, it's kind of the same way, right? You know, as long as Aaron Rodgers is alive. The, the Green Bay Packers are going to be an elite competitor. You know that as long as Tom Brady is still kicking, you know, the, the whatever team he's playing for, Tampa at this point, but when he was in New England, you knew that they were going to be... And not even Denver. those
2: guys, but just, like, the franchises, right? Like, how many franchises ever win a Super Bowl that have never won one before? It's pretty rare, right? Like, a lot of the times... <laughs> cycles kind of like the Steelers or the Cowboys or the 49ers or you know it's they're they're that level of franchise now and before Curry got there you would never mention the Golden State Warriors you'd mention them as closer to a Clippers caliber you know second fiddle type of team you know so I I definitely feel like their their championship window always is going to kind of be open past Curry past Draymond past all of it
3: all that being said, uh, would you guys like to hear an ad read from you?
1: Oh, I'd love to.
3: From my very first. All right, sports fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS operator, and offers every player and stat category you can think of. Pick two to five players and an over/under on their projections. You can win up ten up to ten times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize picks allows mixed sports entries. Example, you can take the over on Robert Williams combined with the under on. And then it, I don't know a baseball player. Uh, the top Paul Goldschmidt. Head. Matt, you don't know said. a baseball? Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt in the same entry. Users that deposit and use our promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match on up to $100. Just be sure to use promo code STAYHOT, all one word, all caps. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code STAYHOT or go to the App Store and download the app today. PrizePicks is daily fantasy made easy.
1: Thank you for that.
2: I didn't realize how good of a season Paul Goldschmidt was having. I was like, is he still in the league? Me well, neither. He was an old diamondbacks. He I don't was even an old diamondbacks is. player and everybody down here loves him. And then he got traded to the Cardinals a while ago. And he's currently leading the league in slugging percentage and OPS and OPS plus and total bases and and hits and all of that. Shout out him. I didn't realize. I didn't realize how good he was being.
1: Take the over.
2: Yeah, take the over on that guy, I suppose. He's only 34. I I, I don't know how old he was. He seemed like he was getting older. But anyway, I digress. Some Paul Goldschmidt praise. Shout out Cole Bradley for being a big Paul Goldschmidt fan down here. But anyway, I digress.
1: Do you want to talk about some uh, NFL? Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson both uh, reported to camp, even though there's uh, some contract disputes going on. Lamar doesn't surprise me. Um, and really, I don't know if Kyler surprises me either that they showed up like at the end of the day, if you want to get paid, I think the easiest way to do that is just to ball out. So like, what what are you going to do? Just like hold out. And, and then what they And vote for a contract. I think that's the whole plan. I'm not going to. Yeah, but like, but if it's, but if, (laughs) but if you're like, oh, I'm just not going to play and they're like, yeah, well, we need to see more from you, like, okay, I guess. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm just not that surprised. Like, I feel like if I was in a contract dispute with like Blue Wire and they're like, we need to see more, I think I would just be like, I feel like
3: for it. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, I, I, I kind of feel like. Uh, with Kyler and Lamar, I mean, we've been talking about this for a while where it's like, you know, the teams probably don't like they they it's really not a great idea to pay those quarterbacks, those huge contracts, like just because you're a top 10 quarterback doesn't mean that it's worth it. And a lot of teams have a hard time building the rest of their team. Those teams probably know what and want to, you know, see like an MVP season if they're going to commit that money. But those quarterbacks know that if, you know, they were a free agent, they could get that money right now. So why should they risk not, you know, being set for life forever and ever and ever and ever even more than they are now? So I think that's the problem. And I don't see that being like solved anytime soon. Honestly, I think both those parties are probably right to think that with Schultz. Oh,
1: yeah, I don't know. There's Schultz. But one one thing I was working on, I've I've been working on building out a list of players that I think you should pay no matter what that you just like blank check. Like, you, like, you're like you not going to be able to just, like, find and replace this guy. And I think Lamar might be one of those guys that I, I think I would just, like, I think I would pay him whatever he wants. I well, really that
2: list do. is the top ten quarterbacks, right? It's just...
1: No, not, like, Aaron Donald's on that list. Like, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup. Like, after the season cup hat, I think you pay him whatever you want, whatever he wants. Um, so it's just, like, any player that is, like, totally, like, you're not going to get that. Does, like, you're not just going to find find that in the draft.
2: Yeah, I think this is, well, my take on it is this. I feel like holdouts, I mean, Aaron Rodgers last year was I mean, it sounded like a touch and go situation all summer and then he showed up to OTAs like if he showed up to OTAs, like everyone's showing up who wants a new contract is showing up to OTAs because he was pissed. I think um, holding out once it gets to like real games, hold, I mean, if you want a new con, like a new contract, wait until it starts truly affecting the win loss record. All right. Right now, OTAs are under And here's the thing. It wasn't even mandatory mini started right now. Voluntary mini camps is what was happening before. So it's not like these two even did anything wrong. They were just not there for something voluntary. So that's worth saying, but hypothetically in a world where they want, new contracts which they do um if you're gonna hold out like i i don't even think like june mini camps would even matter because the coaches are just like all right great we can build some depth you know as long as they, they're here by like the preseason we're we're fine all right we can get on board i mean kyler and lamar have operated in these offenses for like three years now lamar probably four so you know it's not it's not even so much that they need that they like need to be there for anything i think and and they're there when they need to be there i don't know i think these situations will work themselves out you know without a quarter
3: they almost almost always always
2: do do, except for like the Le'Veon bell situation you know and and some of these running backs where they actually held out an entire year and that was a situation where like right at the peak of the running backs don't matter like think tank like a running back is holding out there is no such dialogue happening around quarterbacks yet um and that that shoe hasn't dropped to where a team has has just been like it's jumped the shark it's gone too far we haven't really seen that yet perhaps one of these days it will happen um i think especially with wide receiver no, but i just don't think it, it with these two guys now i think i think that that it'll all work itself out i guess
3: no, I I agree. I think at some point one of these teams will make the call to not pay the top ten quarterback. And that that's when it'll really, really jump the shark. But I don't know if it's gonna be
1: Especially if that team goes on to win after not doing that.
3: Right. Right. It'll and be just, it'll I be like interesting Cardinals... to see how that plays out. The thing is is that's the type of move that could get you fired so quickly, dude. That's why <laughs> it might never happen. Right. Like And I look at cousins. It would have to be like a very established GM with the owner behind him or yes. something.
1: But but even even with that, if if you know you look at like Kyler and Lamar, like those are like fan favorites within like the fan like you know there might be like you know Steelers fans that might be like oh low running back, but like Ravens fans love Lamar, and like even a lot of non Ravens fans love Lamar. I don't know. So like to let. I don't. Know. I just feel like to let him walk would be like. I don't know. I feel like that would really like hurt. I feel like, like the fan base, and and then you talk in about a world like where Kirk Cousins, profits,
2: Kirk Cousins walked in free agency, and Washington found a better guy right after him. In a world where that happened, maybe that would speed up the timeline. But you look at Washington, and I think that's probably the best quarterback of my lifetime to like hit free agency outside of Peyton, I guess. After but that was like a weirdo situation. Right. But Kirk was just a guy there like who's like pretty good and then they said no, you're not good enough to get paid like that. Since doing that, Washington has been in quarterback hell and everybody involved in that is probably is probably gone now, right. So, you know, there's there really just isn't it's just uncharted waters, right? Letting a top guy walk. You're you're just not going to be a great team immediately after that and you're not going to reap the benefits of using all that extra salary cap. Cause you know, you're probably fired because the leash is so short nowadays. So yeah, th- it'll work itself out. I mean, there's nothing to yeah. even be worried about because they're literally at camp right now. <laughs> so, but it, you know, it, right. w- the day will come where they'll have to get paid. Um Kyler. I mean, I, I guess there's always the trade, right? The trade situation. We've seen that a bunch recently where like Russ, seahawks didn't want to trade pay rush a ton russ a ton of money in two years so they traded him i think maybe there's a world where that Mm -hmm. happens but just straight up letting these guys walk that's the other thing is like you can sign and trade these guys
3: no yeah it'll they'll they'll never walk it'll be a trade but like I think because both these guys are like first contracts, like, yeah, you know, easy top 10 guys. With Russ, it's like maybe that you feel like the timeline doesn't fit or you run your course and you already won a Super Bowl with this guy. The the Kyler, I'd like to see it play out. I hope it happens. I think it'd be cool. I think
2: Lamar will stay in. Um, I think Kyler will get traded. I think Kyler will get traded. I really think that the Arizona Cardinals are going to be a total bottom feeder this year. I, I have become more and more – they're going to be my Bengals this year. I'm going to predict them to have, like, four or five wins. I'm going to tell you right now. Like, I, I truly think they're going to be, like, a bottom 10 team in football, even with Kyler. Like, they, like who is the best non-quarterback there? They've got a good safety duo, and then it's just, like, rough, man. Who would you want on that team that is not Kyler Murray right now and D-Hop is suspended? It's, like, Buddha. No one in the front seven. Maybe Watt. No one on the offensive line is like really good. I would say maybe one. no, like the skill position group is like mm-hmm. I just don't see it.
3: I do not see it.
1: I'm trying to think about how many Cardinals made my top 100.
3: They lack the high end talent, but I do think there's there's something to like. Their weapons are very okay. It's like they have DeAndre Hopkins, but he's out for a while. Marquise Brown is not bad, um, but he's not a number one. Um, you know, Connor's good, you know, and their offensive
1: line is not like a disaster or anything. Um, I think only two. I think only two Cardinals made my top one hundred. It's James Connor and Kyle. And I would
2: argue James Connor shouldn't have so even I, been. There.
1: <laughs> I, I listen. I was like, this dude had fifteen fucking touchdowns. If I'm gonna put Najee on, I gotta, I gotta put Connor on because they're basically the same guy but uh um, i don't know
3: i th- i think with the cardinals i definitely see it but they're maybe not like horrible horrible on offense still that is true they've got the they've got like they're not lions like
2: last year where it's like oh you just don't have the horses you just don't have the the horses
1: right
3: i i'll say here's my thing the uh, training camp What what is the hit rate on, like, a training camp storyline actually mattering? (laughs) It's like 0%, dude. It's incredible. All I know
2: is last year, all the stories out of Bengals training camp, was the offense was getting its ass kicked. Chase was dropping everything. Burrow was looking extremely hesitant, and he was asked about it, and he was like, yeah, the knee is really still bothering me. And there would be days where they would go like 3 for 14 like in 7 on 7 the offense would and i was like oh yeah they're going to suck ass this year. look at it it's all happening in training camp they can't even beat their own defense on 7 on 7 the offense like everything about it and is horrible <laughs> and i would say it's definitely it's still not good news that that's happening right like you would rather everything look mm-hmm. like it's humming but after the bengal's went to the super bowl I'm never putting any stock into it again.
3: <laughs> I, I really, I really think like right. the the hit rate on like preseason and and uh, camp stuff transferring over into like real football that counts and matters. Like, I, I, I if you kept track of like every like training camp darling and whether or not they actually turned into a good player, it it never happens. It feels like it's more likely the opposite happens. So, I mean, we're gonna talk about it, but. I always think this hey, type the, of the stuff practice, is
1: the scout, scout team MVP, I'm,
3: man. <laughs> I'm telling scout you scout
1: team MVP, like <laughs> actually here's my,
3: there was once a report, I think in 2016 out of the Panthers training camp that they had Mike Tolbert lining up as a wide receiver. And I got, I was like, I forget how old, I was 15 years old and I was pumped for Mike Tolbert out <laughs> wide and it never at, Obviously, it never actually happened, and since then,
1: <laughs> I want to look at Mike Tolbert's forty. Time. Mike, to-
3: hey, Mike Tolbert was nice. Don't get me wrong. Mike Tolbert is a, gr- I'm, I'm a great. am not. Player. I'm not.
1: You ran right, a four seven five. Yeah,
3: this is Jarvis Landry speed. But
2: um, I will say this: I remember. I remember after the Packers <laughs> first got Zedarius Smith, and Zedarius Smith on the Ravens was not this, you know, super high profile edge. He was like a nice signing and all that. And unusual for the Packers who never dipped their toes into the free agency waters. But they were like, oh my God, this guy we just got out of from the Ravens is like the best player on the defense. Like he is just absolutely dominating everybody. And then that season, he had like a defensive player of the year caliber season where he was double teamed with this. Like if you looked, this was the year before Aaron Donald won a defensive player of the year based on the pass rush win rate chart. But the year before that, Zadarius Smith was like, top right hand corner of like double team rate and pass rush win rate. He was like a total beast following this offseason where they were like, dude, this guy is unblockable in training camp. That's one where I remember it coming true. Um I'm sure there's other opportunities, but I remember Daniel Jones having a crazy preseason. I remember maybe even that same year, Josh Jackson was a corner for the Packers and in the preseason and in training camp. I think he like led all corners in PFF grade for preseason, and I really liked his college tape. I'm like, this guy is, this guy is going to be better than our first round pick,
3: which was what, Jair Alexander. What is the pro football focus preseason
1: grade hit rate, dude? <laughs> Jesus, no. All I'm saying is the Browns went four and zero in the preseason before going zero sixteen, and and uh, there was a year the Steelers. The Lions went did the same the thing, no, before winning the suit before winning the Super Bowl. Did they go 4-0 Maybe in the preseason? That up. The i I might be making that up. You might be. I don't know. You you are like a pathological liar. Um, yeah, so you don't you don't think Tony Pollard? Do you Maybe not think Tony Pollard will to end up playing um, receiver?
3: This is a fantasy storyline right here. That's what this <laughs> is. This is a fantasy storyline.
1: Tony Pollard's lining up. Why is he getting PPR? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> That are, that are replacing Amali Well, I Cooper, actually, right? I would
3: understand it. It would be cool. Um, and, you know, with the Debo Samuel stuff, everyone wants to be Debo Samuel. And I'm going to have my running backs be wide receivers and my wide receivers be running backs. And Biden's America. Bring um, back tradition. Yeah, <laughs> they are positions for a reason. You don't say, oh, I have Make 11 guys out there. No, you say I have a quarterback. I have a running back or two. <laughs> so i'm against oh it oh
1: my gosh make make the cowboys great again um <laughs> no i mean i mean you think pollard Paul, does like return kicks and stuff but um did you want Thea, were you going to mention Sean i was going to mention minka fitzpatrick
2: getting a big deal i He's a good
1: safety.
2: Like my main takeaway, actually, was this because he's a good safety. He got paid. Bang, done.
1: He's a good safety. Got paid. Yeah. To me, like... I
2: think I thought about Jesse Bates, who is currently holding out. He's another holdout for the Bengals, and with the contract that mm. Minka just got, pretty healthy contract for a safety. All right, the positional value. Maybe you'd expect that to be kind of like running back. Some of these big running back deals kind of come in shorter and shorter of what you might expect um you could maybe see safety starting to take the same fate because that's one that that kind of gets talked about in the same way but that did not happen so for a guy like Jesse Bates like i really think that that his time in in Cincinnati could legitimately be over that was my first thought looking at this contract
1: that's not that's not a bad way to look at it i i know Jesse Bates was like That was kind of the same situation that happened with uh, Earl Thomas. Actually, that's exactly what happened with Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas was holding out, and I think it was John Johnson, right? The Browns paid John Johnson, or was it someone else got paid? Maybe it was Jamal Adams got paid. And it kind of reset the safety market, and then Earl Thomas went to the Ravens. So, I mean, it's not unthinkable that Jesse Bates could be Yeah, and Jesse
2: Bates was – let me say this. Jesse Bates was the most overrated player in football. He's the most overrated player in football right now, I think. He is a – he does not have that dog in him, all right? Kyle Shanahan put that guy through the the fucking blender late in the season. (laughs) He gave him the Blake Martinez treatment, all right? Jesse Bates was lost out there, and now the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals, the most – homegrown, talent-friendly team in football. There has never been a guy like that the Bengals drafted who are they are not willing to give a contract. And of all the teams out there, the Cincinnati Bengals aren't willing to fork over all this money for him. That should tell you something in my eyes. Um, I also think it's interesting that the the Steelers now have the, high, the most expensive defense in football right now and the least expensive offense. And I'm, I'm curious to see how that turns out. That's my only point. I've I'm just did.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I thought this, I thought the Steelers defense was underwhelming last year. Um, But I, and like, I think a lot of people would agree that like Minka was a little bit underwhelming last year, but yeah, I've talked to some Steelers fans and they feel like he was not played properly, that he was kind of out of position a lot of times. So I, I, I am interested to see kind of how they. How
2: yeah. They, Cause when I watched the Steelers and I, I didn't like religious, maybe this will be a, maybe my next, um, all-22 will be on Lincoln because PFF hated his year. They, yeah. they just hated it. Um, but there was definitely yeah. a lot of times where he seemed to be trying to put out all these fires all the time and just put in these impossible situations where, uh, let's say, he is like on the far hash playing single, and he's playing single high and it's getting targeted on the way other side of the field. Then he's got to run all the way over there to... He just like covering a little, they asked, they stretched him a little bit too thin. I think this year, um, not to say that he played great. It was definitely not his best year, but in, and I don't even know this for sure, but it did seem like when there'd be times I'd be watching an offense against the Steelers defense or in my time watching the Steelers defense, it was like, man, Minka, Minka had to run a long ways on this play or Minka, Minka screwed up on this play, but (laughs) it was, it was a really big ask to ask him to guard you know, it's a high low in between two guys and it's just really, really difficult. You're going to be wrong. And I, I'll be, I'll do, that'll be my next all 22. How about that? Minka fits. Yeah. I, I, I,
1: I kind of, I think Minka was moving just a lot, even pre-snap. I think there was like, there were a lot of plays where he was like wrote, but he would like rotate twice. He would have to rotate twice and then have to get over and guard like a large section of the field so it, it really was just a lot for him last year, but I I, I think he's worth it. You know, four years, seventy three and a half. Do you know like, the Do you know the guarantee? Pay good amount? players, right? I can pull it. I don't know it, but I can pull it up. Um, do you want to talk about the Sean? They
3: Payton? offered him. What like, the Dolphins <laughs> the offered him Payton. four years, a hundred million dollars.
1: Yeah, it's a lot. That's I'm. <laughs> I mean, okay. We we were talking earlier about how that how that compares to like. What Bill Belichick' his like reported contract is because no one actually knows um what his okay Minka's guaranteed at signing is thirty six so it's about half.
3: Depending on how that's structured, I kind of think that's not so bad. This guy was it's first not. team All Pro two years in a row. If you have that contract, but you've structured it so you get off a lot of the guaranteed money in the first couple of years, you're not really
1: risking all that much. Um, no, I like it. And then you'll be able to, like, build out your offense in the next couple of years. I like it a lot. Um, Sean, yeah. <laughs> if the Dolphins had paid Sean Payton I don't yeah, million. I don't know dollars,
3: if I have too much.
1: Is there any coach that's worth that?
3: I mean, it kind of doesn't, like, matter. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, right? Like, it doesn't matter how much you pay your coach. Outside of, like, how I much money does your like owner a, have? A coach and how much space. does he want to pay? If I don't know who owns the Dolphins, you want to pay or
2: is he the GM? I should know this with all the, with all the shit that happened with the Dolphins. Like I think it's Ross.
1: Oh yeah. I think it is.
2: Yeah. I know that off the top of my head actually. Wow. That's because of the Flores uh, lawsuit. His name was
3: up. Right. Uh,
1: That that was, that was a good call. Well, if he wants
3: to pay $25 million Um, for a coach, God bless them. My takeaway on this, um, I think coach contracts. Oh, go are, ahead, Matt. Oh, I'm just saying, I think coach contracts are going to get start getting like really ramping up here because I remember Matt Rule got a big contract from Tepper and all the uh, co- apparently all the other owners were pissed about it because it kind of reset the market. Tepper is horrible, dude. He's still got to be the
2: worst owner. I yeah, this dude. not to make this about the Panthers, <laughs> but like, why did he leave a half finished building, dude? It just is, talk about that. I, do, I actually want to. It know. is un how do you know why he left a half finished building out in the middle of nowhere
3: some I, I i for the life of me i haven't i haven't even i just saw that like i saw some state senator call them a moron and i saw that it didn't get built and i was i just like great you know awesome I, I, it's it's amazing how bad they are it's amazing like how I don't know if I said this on the podcast or somewhere else, but I'll say it again. You know how you like go back and look at a team's history and you see it's like, dang, they were bad for 15 years straight. How did the fans get through that? And I'm like, well, it's must because they like didn't know that they were about. I know with the Panthers, they're going to be bad for a long time. Um, And I think so much of like being good is having like an owner who knows what they're doing. And if you don't have one, man, it can it can be a it can be the rest of your life. You're not gonna have a strong or, team, and...
1: or you have an owner that's willing to like be hands off, yeah, and, and just has a good. That GM. was the Brown That was the Browns' problem for like I think seven it still years. Is the Browns' problem has. I I don't th- Haslam when Did ha- he didn't Haslam want Haslam the Watson his...
3: trade super bad, and that's why they got back in the
1: running. I think Uh-oh, that's what I don't happened. That. Easy. All I know. Haslam, Haslam made a deal with Hugh Jackson when the Browns had Hugh Jackson as their coach, you know, because Hugh Jackson was like, listen, I can't come in here and be like all the, and you give me like a year and a half to get shit right. And if I don't, you fire me. Right. He's like, give me two solid years. And if shit hits the fan, you can let me go. Right. And, uh, you know, with Haslam, he was like, okay. You know, fine. I'll 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 take hands off. And since then, he's been pretty good about not intervening with like player decisions and and coaching decisions, or not coaching, but like player decisions and like you know trades and all that. Because Haslam Haslam went in Manziel. Yeah. Right. That was like a like that was, like <laughs> so it was shit like that. Um. And then like when the when the Browns like gutted the franchise after 2014, that was Haslam again. So it was just it was just a lot, to um. To have your owner be kind of like, in there when you like have your GM and your community is like it's like let me do my fucking job, you know you paid me to you're paying me to do this let me do this.
2: I'll say this: If I bought a team, I'd be the most hands. Oh, oh, yeah. Football. Oh, no. so right, would I. I'd be the GM.
1: Right, but I, but I hate when like non-football people like own a team and they're and they're like, I'm gonna play like God with this. No, I would. I would size. run the I'm team into like, the ground. Stop! You're incredibly ruined.
3: quickly. But, <laughs> um,
1: nah, man. If I was owner of the Browns, we would have won five Super Bowls by now. I put that on everything.
2: <laughs> After trading for the most talented man in the world, Derek Carr. <laughs> no, uh,
1: we would not have. No, because we would have drafted Derek Carr in 2014. We wouldn't have had to trade for him. He'd be our quarterback, right? And He'd already be our quarterback. Uh.
2: <laughs> but as this relates back to the Dolphins and Sean Payton, who I guess they offered a 100-year, a $4 million contract. And a hundred million four year contract too. Um, I think that it's very interesting. We've we've had this happen a couple times, but recently is is the unretire and come back and play this off Like Sean Payton, like he retired, but did he really? Maybe he did if he turned mm-hmm. this down. Tom Brady, he retired, but did he really? Uh, Gronk did it like recently. I do wonder if that's going to be uh, Robbie Anderson considering retiring, uh, Aaron Donald considering retiring and using it as a a bargaining chip to get a contract, Sean McVay even doing it a little bit. I I wonder if that's going to be kind of a a trend that we see going forward is using like, I'm just going to retire. Like that gets me off scot-free. I wonder if that, I I don't know, I'd love to maybe even bring in a cap guy, like as a guest at, when we talk about these things one of these days, yeah. but to me, that kind of seems like a loophole that's getting exploited. Um, not that Sean Payton is doing this because he didn't take the deal, but it just goes to show like this guy retired, right? But did he really you, re- have, like, a, you have a lot like, of leverage retired?
3: and you know what else it is? It's these TV contracts these guys go and they do these, you can go like all of a sudden it's like a TV deal is a sweet gig. You make bank and there's like far less pressure. So once a guy feels happy with their career, they can re- like, us. <laughs> I'm telling <laughs> once a guy, once a guy retires and, and starts doing that. Now they have all the leverage to get back in. Like if somebody wants Peyton, well, you you're not just trying to like give me the highest contract of any team because I'm planning on coaching. You have to bring me out of retirement, so you can offer the best contract, and I might not even say yes. I don't have to, and I'm making money doing something way easier. Uh, so I, I think, I think, yeah, retiring and the TV stuff and all that has just given people who do that a ton of
1: leverage. I'd like I, Theo. You mentioned you want to bring a cap guy on. I, I know PFF has someone who's a cap expert, like they specifically. I, I have always a cap it, expert. And, and I, because they, they were on like the PFF NFL podcast. Like they brought him on specifically for, but then like he's hired on their staff or at least he was, I don't know if he still is. So I might like reach out to Seth or someone and see if they still have that guy. But
2: I yeah. Yeah. I mean, those guys we can talk to and, and we did not make this a meeting about the guest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying like, we want to do that. Like, I'm. <laughs>
2: Jason Fitzgerald from Over the Cap is a really good Twitter follow, and he's got a podcast all about like I've, just I've Cap, Cap, Donald. How do the Rams do it? So I would love to bring someone like that on one of these days. Obviously, we won't subject our listener, listeners to debating exactly how we're going to get that done.
1: <laughs> we've done this before where we've like ideated content during the podcast. Um, so we're, <laughs> we're talking
3: about we, we're going to go to rank it now.
1: Uh, well, before we do that, I would like to uh, talk about our best friends over at Manscaped because they just brought back the ultra smooth package and it's phenomenal. And I think it's time for us to all stop, drop and order this premium shaving kit. And, you know, everyone knows by now that the lawnmower 4.0 is the best electric shave for your balls. But if you're looking for something, you know, a little bit closer, you know, so you can go bare. Uh, then the Ultra Smooth Package is really the perfect set for units. I think it's you know time to shave that bush of yours and get right to the roots. With this discount that we have just for you, you can get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code STAYHOT. And just like the last one, that's all caps, no spaces. The Ultra Smooth Package is a specialized groin shaving kit to help you you know really buff and protect and smooth your most sensitive areas. And I'm talking the Crop Shaver Razor, the Crop Exfoliator, and the Crop Gel. So, men, you no longer have to borrow your lady's razor for that precise trim. So, once again, make sure you head on over to Manscaped.com. Use the code STAYHOT to get 20% off plus free shipping. Again, that's the code STAYHOT at Manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. Go ahead. Smooth out your fellas. And with, smooth out your fellas with the relaunch of the ultra-smooth package from the fellas at Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. I've said before, the Manscaped ad read is like a, a giant tongue twister.
2: And I think it just goes to show, and this is a little bit of like an anti-analytics ra- uh, rant, because the, the book there is just like, why don't teams pass it like so much more than they do? And it's because, same deal as the Ravens, that there needs to be balance to keep everybody happy. If you pa- pa- run it all the time, Hollywood Brown and Willie Sneed and Steve Smith, they're going to get up- upset about you know, they don't have enough to do. They can't maximize potential. They're not going to make money. If you're going to throw it all the time and air it out all over the yard, like even if you do have an uptick for a season in EPA or and whatnot, you are going to make all the offensive linemen pissed off at you. You're going to make the running backs hate you. And the team chemistry is going to be bad. So Ravens are running into this problem and really any team that I think tries to go too far one way is going to experience it a little bit unless they get like everybody really involved but in passing the game even. and they built they really quick. But anyway, that's way in the weeds. The I just thought that was a block really block
1: interesting point. Um, so yeah. You need balance, right? We ran the ball all the time on my flag football team. Guess who was always upset? Number one wide receiver over here. All right. Well, due to some technical difficulties, because Theo's Wi-Fi is a potato right now, uh, we're going to cut the rank it segment. Um, we're going to do it over on our TikTok. At Stay Hot Pod on TikTok, so make sure you go check it out. Um, yeah, you're gonna get to see me get crucified for my food opinions again. But as always, tons of tons of content coming away on all platforms. We'll be back uh Monday with another episode, of course, recap the finals and uh yeah, excited to see excited to see how things wrap up in the NBA. We'll be back with some live streams. Oh, Matt, do you do you wanna do you wanna do Minecraft on live on Saturday? Uh, that... uh, let, let me see what my schedule's like, but uh, okay, I might be down. <laughs> no, uh, well, I'll either be playing Madden or
2: I'm playing Minecraft.
1: Theo, are you gonna have like an? Are you gonna have adequate internet to play Minecraft?
2: <laughs> I wouldn't bet on it. I'm the world's <laughs> biggest, biggest, biggest Minecraft fan, though. But that's not because I think it's bad. It's just because I'm not a very big spend a bunch of time on a video game person, and it does require kind of. A, yeah. a substantial time thing, so that's the only reason. We
1: we were thinking of we were thinking of speed running like a world, to like because Matt's never beaten the Ender Dragon, so we were thinking of like I've speed never beaten. Game. I've never defeated the
3: Ender Dragon. That would so. be a YouTube
2: thing. I, I'll go grind film. All right,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna grind some film. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch. I'll, All right, well that, that some
2: pointers on what done.
1: <laughs> He's gonna be in our ear. I'll coach. <laughs> But that, <laughs> that wraps things up for us. Tons and tons of content coming on all platforms. We'll be back Monday. And as always, from Corn Boy, Bird Boy, and Lemon Boy, we will catch you all on the flippity flop.